y'all sleepers podcast is back note that i said podcast uh because we're gonna try something new that's old at the same time and just see how it works if you've listened to us or watched us before you know that we are no stranger to trying things out and doing what works and we heard you people we heard people asking for a podcast form of this very show we haven't posted to Spotify or Apple Podcasts in a very long time. We've just been focused on growing the YouTube channel. There's reasons for that, et cetera, et cetera. But long story short, we're going to do both now. We have some new formats for what you can expect content-wise from Sleepers Media, and that starts today, Monday, July 10th. Cart, how are you? You're wearing an Illinois shirt today. I am. Uh, shout out to, uh, you know what? I wish I remembered that main street. I know. I think it starts with a green perhaps but great main street and champagne i miss you um got some great gear from there got a nice fresh cold zoa here and i'm excited to do this because it proves that we do look at comments and we do listen to the people if it's not about if the beatles being good or aaron Kraft being a good big 10 point guard i'm open to listening about anything so you know i'm glad we're doing this uh we got some good things to talk about today and uh it's always good to see you first thing in the morning too, Gregory. Just it takes you takes me back to our Big Ten road show travel days. Yeah, we saw each other in person for the first time since the season, really, and it felt a little weird. We I feel like we both looked at each other like, "Whoa, you look taller. You looked like you're like six eleven now, but it was just the Crocs." Um, I don't know if I look different or anything, but it, it was an odd moment, odd little moment. Yeah, you definitely you definitely got a different aura. You got like that. I'm a dad. I eat fruit. I run every morning type aura to you. Definitely yeah. odd. Not yeah, the same no. guy I've seen eat a whole sleeve of Chips Ahoy cookies. <laughs> it's not hey, not the same guy. Some would say it's a good change card. Some would say it's not. I don't know. I listened to it all. It is what it is. Uh, okay, let's get to the format changes real quick, uh, just so people know what to expect. We're gonna try keyword try. To do five days a week of episodes. Yeah. Whoa. That's a lot. Whoa. Monday through Friday. Uh, I have approval on this. Card has approval on this. And we have agreed that we want to try it out. What that means is um, you're probably not going to get like an hour of us ranting in various forms like we used to. But um, you will try to get close to 30 minutes a day. That's the goal. So uh, this will be available on podcast form or in podcast form, Spotify, Apple, all of that. And then as well on the YouTube channel, I will post the full videos to YouTube. We still want to grow that channel. So if you're listening to us somewhere on podcast, do check out the YouTube channel as well. We'll clip the best segment to throw on YouTube every single day. And then Cart's in charge of running our socials now. So uh, that okay. could look like anything, but I think he's going to clip one segment at the end every day and just tweet out that, hey, a new episode is launched. We'll see. Yeah, and I'm going to tag Trilly Jonathan and Rob Doster. That's it. The only two people. I think the only two times you've ever... Well, not only two, but the two latest times that you tweeted out our episodes resulted in our best numbers by far on social because you just immediately start shit with people <laughs> in your captions. It's pretty impressive. I don't mean, I don't mean to. I think you kind of do mean to, but that's okay. All right, let's get that's into perfect. it for the sake of time. Uh, again, Sleepers Podcast is what you're listening to. Folks, God, it feels weird that we're podcasting instead of just like being YouTube hounds. Wemby. 
Let's start there. Number one pick in the draft, generational. Some people said he's the best prospect ever, legitimately. Smart basketball mind said he's a better basketball prospect at his age than LeBron James was. Your and my expectations for Wemby were through the roof. I think at one point I said this is already his league. I compared it to tennis, how there's a bunch of young dudes who were supposed to take over. None of them did. And then Carlos Alcaraz showed up and he's number one in the world. That's how I feel about Wemby. I think I still feel that way about Wemby. However, his debut was not great, Cart, to put lightly. Uh, he struggled in a lot of ways. He struggled with his shot. The You could see the shot blocking. You could see the, the defensive promise. But even that seemed like he was kind of dragged away from the rim a little bit more than you would have liked to see. He got crossed up by Brandon Miller. He got dunked on by Kai Jones. People were very concerned about Wemby after game one. People are very excited about Wemby after game two. He was phenomenal in game two of Summer League. What is your general overall thoughts on Victor Wembenyama through two Summer League games of seeing the man play? I mean, I'm still extremely excited about Wemby and what he's going to be for the future of like the NBA. I still think he's that type of prospect. I truly do. But I do see, like, I was listening to Paul George and Draymond Green and his podcast, just because, you know, I research other podcasts. I take other information in. I'm a student of the podcasting game. But they were talking about how certain players are going to do things with Wemby and how him being a certain height actually may be even a disadvantage at some point because people are able to get up in him, you know, do things with them, be stronger than him. Uh, I I do think that you need to realize that though he is a generational prospect, at the same time, some of that generational stuff is projecting what he's going to be and projecting what he's going to do. And I see that. And I saw that in the first two games, even the first game where he wasn't shooting as well. I, I see it there. You know what I'm saying? I, I see what he can do. And the second game, I feel like it came together. Um, and you could kind of you got to see those flashes. Granted, it was against a guy who's probably going to be playing in the NBL in a couple months. So no shade to that league, good league, but not not an NBA starter level player that Wemby's going to see on a night to night basis. But uh, I, did, I you know I'm not really wavering on him. I'm still in the he's the future of the NBA uh, category, um, and I feel like everybody should be because even in that game where he didn't shoot well, you saw how he affected the game in other ways. So I'm still on board. Are you on board with the like he's in the LeBron circle of prestigious prospects still? Or are you drawing a line there? Because that was like coming into his career when people hadn't mm-hmm. seen him in a Spurs uniform at all. It was like it's this dude in LeBron. And I get there's been a lot of next LeBron thrown around like Zion caught some of that. I think Anthony Davis caught some of that. Uh, Imani Bates caught some of that at a certain point. Right? But, but but Wemby was for real like Wemby. Mm-hmm. I think people would still stand by like it's Wemby and LeBron as far as people they've seen at the stage. Do you still think that's fair to put him in that tier? I do think so. Yeah. Because I think his ceiling is that type of player. Okay. I I do. Like, I think there's a world where, um, well, I guess you would also have to look at it. Like if Wemby ends up being a top, uh, let's say 50 top 25, top 50 player of all time, does he still get to get put in that? generational prospect type category. It had to be like top 25, right? Right. Yeah. I think somewhere up there, like no yeah. doubt hall of famer, right? Like, yeah. And I, and I, I still think that's his ceiling. So I go with that, but it's funny. We talked about it. And then like, I go watch LeBron summer league highlights and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, like you, you really, there wasn't, there wasn't any type of doubt on what the, like what that dude was going to be. I don't know if there's, 
it's still not that much doubt for me with Wemby, but there's definitely doubt for some others, I think. Yeah, I, I first of all, Wemby's going to be fine. I love him. I, I really enjoy watching Wemby, and I kind of feel like a Wemby fan, not to like just jump on his, I don't know what you call it, like jump on board his fandom, but like I'm not going to root for the Spurs, but I definitely am like a Wemby guy. I want to see him succeed. If he's the best player in the league soon, I'm going to absolutely love that. I'm rooting for that to happen. I, uh, I I draw the line on the bronze stuff a little bit. Like I get what you're saying. His ceiling is still generational for sure. The difference to me right now is that like there was never a moment where Bron had to like adjust even. And that's what I was expecting from Wemby. And that's really unfair to expect that because every prospect has to adjust. But I thought Wemby wasn't every prospect. I thought Wemby was literally the second coming of a dude who you just throw him on the court and he's transcendent. Uh, the difference that I underestimated was LeBron was so physically and mentally ready for that. Like LeBron's basketball IQ is so generational, even as much as his physicality is and his athleticism. Wemby, one, he doesn't have the body yet. He is, I mean, he has the height and he has the frame and the wingspan and all that. But I think like seeing NBA athletes, even in summer league is different than what he's gone up against it, playing next to Devonte Jones. And two, mentally, I don't know that he's there yet. And he can say all the right things. Like he's a great interview. He goes on the podcast. Like I, I trust who he is as a person immensely. I'm saying like processing the game on a play by play process. I don't think is there the way LeBron was so advanced as an 18 year old. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why I think like it's going to take some time after seeing him in a couple of games is even when he had a really, really great game in game two, the Spurs offense stunk as a whole. And it was like Wemby had like 11 of their first 15 points or something like that. And these dudes like Champagny and Branham who have been feeding in every game they've played for a year and a half, like it weren't even touching the ball and had no idea how to play off of him. Oh, uh, well, I, 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 I put back on Branham. Branham was gunning. Okay. Branham was, was one. Branham was like one for 16. Maybe I shouldn't say weren't touching the ball. They weren't playing well. And it, okay. it felt very much of like, a okay, this is like a your turn, my turn thing. And it feels like right now when Wemby scores in the half court, it's very much of a just like get him the ball and get out of the way thing. LeBron felt different to me. Like LeBron made people better immediately. I don't know that Wemby's doing that. Uh, this, uh, But also at the same time, I, I don't think there's anything more frustrating than summer league, like just spacing in summer league. Yeah. Like discombobulation of like what's going on. Just because it's there's no structure to it, the, the spacing's not the same. It, it's I don't know. Like it, it seems to me like even even in Wemby's performance in that second game, I thought he could have got the ball more. I truly yeah. do. I they, I mean he went long stretches without touches. Listen, I say this as a guy who bet a ladder on Wemby scoring 20, 25, and 30 points last night at pretty absurd plus money value. Uh it felt like watching me play my player mode on 2K. Like it, yeah. you just I'm thinking gunning every time I touch. I'm thinking, how can I score? How can I affect the stat sheet when I play that? That's how it felt watching Wemby last night. And I don't know that like like, again, we're holding him up to LeBron James standard. I don't think LeBron ever had to like try to get his stats. I think LeBron just walked out and like was the game. Wemby's not there yet and he will get there. But right now, that's the big difference. And um I would say back to your thing, like, okay, he has to be a top 25 player ever to live up to what we kind of feel is appropriate for him. 
I do think there's a window now where he doesn't turn into that. I wouldn't bet on it. I still think he will. But the biggest, like maybe the only way that's changed of how I view Wemby in a week is like, I do see some negatives or some weaknesses or some lack of immediate strengths that make me think maybe this won't work out like the no-brainer I thought it would. I'm very confident it will, but I would have said 100% chance without injury. There's no way this dude isn't a top 10 player ever pre-draft. Now I'm like, yeah, there's a world where he's healthy his whole career and he's not a top 10 player ever. Like there definitely is that world after seeing him a couple of times. Hey, stay on that side of the Eiffel Tower, man. We know we know where you stand now. Does does the Britney Spears situation affect you in any way? Because why do I feel like it does? I love it. I love it. I uh, yes. I think he should slap all pop stars. I think like the memes are hilarious. I tried to go back and meme Victor's uh, like just game log, his box score from game two, and Britney's second album, so I could put them together and be like, who had the better follow up? The problem is Britney's follow-up was iconic. Like <laughs> Britney's second album, go look it up. That shit had hits. I mean, I mean, you they they thought Wendy was generational at his age. Britney was generational from day one at her age. Let Cart, that be known. Cart Lucky was the third best song on Britney's second act. Okay. Like I we gotta slow down with the Wemby overtook her thing. It didn't happen right away for me. Let's move to summer league takeaways in general. A lot of different places we could go with this conversation. Um, obviously, we just talked about Wemby, but uh, some guys look fantastic in summer league, including some former players from our teams. Max Christie has really blossomed in year two. Uh, and then some guys are struggling. A lot of the rookies that I think we both liked have kind of stepped in and struggled right away more than we might have expected. Uh, do you have any specific names you want to talk about from your first impressions of summer league? Well, I think one of my first impressions of the thing I want to take away from this is that when breaking down summer league games, I think one of my biggest pet peeves is when players are put up on a pedestal for what they do in summer league. And they say, Oh, this guy's playing so good. Oh, he's playing so good in summer league. And then a guy plays good in summer league, another player and the narrative is, oh, he should be doing this. Oh, he's, I mean, okay, yeah, why is he not doing this? He's playing against guys in Summer League. This mainly goes back to one of the players I've been most impressed with in Summer League, and that's Jabari Smith. I think Jabari Smith has done everything that people out there have put the narrative on him that he can't do, and he's come to Summer League and he's done that. And it seems like it's going unnoticed or not even appreciated, and that doesn't sit right with me. So I think that might be my biggest impression of summer league so far, besides the spacing being shitty. Yeah, it's just ugly basketball all around, but it's very I'm not, ugly. I'm not complaining though. I love it. I don't I don't know that there's many forms of basketball that I like more than summer league. It's just so fun. And I think part of it is just because uh one, it's like you take every guy I enjoyed watching at the college level last year and you just like click a button and randomize what team they're on and then throw them on a court. That's what the, it feels like two weeks of that. I love it. Yeah. Um, like you got you got you got to watch the Pistons play the other day and out of nowhere you get a little Xavier Simpson cameo. Fantastic. And like <laughs> and I more on this from me later, but like people say like, oh, don't overreact to summer league. Like summer league's meaningless. That's one of my biggest pet peeves ever as a big time let's always overreact guy. Summer league is a great time for me jabari smith looks great i uh i liked your call out there i think you know you and i were big jabari guys last summer and tough first year for us first of all 
but we haven't totally sold the stock. I'm glad we haven't totally sold the stock because he's absolutely feeding on everyone. And it's not just that he's getting his points. It's the way he's getting the points. Like he is getting to the rim. Now he is creating space for himself with his shot. And it's not just like, it, it doesn't have to be the super dynamic version. Like the sell on Jabari coming in was he's so tall and lanky that he can pull up with one to two dribbles and get his shot off whenever he wants. We're seeing that right now. And we're seeing it to the tune of 30 points a night in summer league. Um, I also saw a tweet that I think is really important with Jabari. He should be compared to the Thompson twins and Brandon Miller. That's how old he is. Like he's younger than Brandon Miller right now. So, like, if you look at what those two are currently doing, I don't know how you're not going to tell me Jabari Smith's not a way more promising prospect there. And I think a lot of people are trying to compare Miller to Jabari in a negative light and be like, oh, he's just Jabari Smith. Well, if he was Jabari Smith, I'd feel better about Brandon Miller, first of all. Um, Two, Brandon Miller's really struggling. And it's interesting to me because he struggled in the NCAA tournament. That's why I care so much that he's struggling in summer league and I'm not willing to just write it off. I feel like we have now two separate, like four game stretches that are three months apart, one in the most important games of basketball he ever played in his life. And then one in meaningless games. He's been horrendous. He's been like a volume shooter that shoots like two for 15 every single game. So I don't know what to do with that. I think it would be kind of stupid to ignore the fact that this is all happening after the incident last year and maybe incident isn't the right word. Like a woman died and Brandon Miller had a small hand in that and he's not been the same player since like that's a terrifying thing. He had 40, he had 40 the game after that. And then three weeks later, it's been just crash and burn. Like, has he had a good game since the NCAA tournament? No. He's played nine games, I think. Like, and and with the landscape of college basketball and who he's played, you could throw out the bad games against lesser competition. Yeah, I just I I don't feel like I'm watching the same guy anymore. Like I remember texting you when he had forty in that week, and I'm like, oh, th- no, this dude is actually different if he's doing that with the spotlight on him like this. Like, yeah, not anymore. Like, the spotlight's not even really on him anymore, and he's he's really struggling. What are your Pistons thoughts? We're both Pistons fans. We got a Sar Thompson. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect at first, and then we talked ourselves into him like we always do. He didn't get the ball much in game one. Yeah, I I think I I think it's possible to not like or root for a Sar and the Thompson twins in general. It really is. Like, I don't know. I just think they're gonna do good. Uh, Asar has done some things passing. I'm more so concerned about the fact that the Pistons are, and you pointed this out to me, so I'm I'm going to give you credit on this. There's a lot of actual players that play major minutes and are starters for the Pistons playing in the summer league, and we're giving up 130 points or 120 something points. Like it's it's a little bit alarming. Um, I'm a, I'm alarmed with Jay Nivey's play. I, some of the turnovers he has are truly baffling the way he's seeing and thinking the game, but you also see flashes of his athleticism and things like that. But I don't know. It. He was great in game two. He was, he, he was he, really he, genuinely he, great in game two. He was, but why, when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I see this ending that Asar is demanding a trade to the Rockets at some point in his Pistons career and we lose him. I do think that's likely. Um, Here's my biggest issue. And 
it, it kind of touches on your point about they sent a lot of their starting lineup and they're losing to Tari Eason. Um, I don't, I think of like our core that we would say is the future here being Ivy, Duran, uh, Cade, and Asar. I don't think the three guards work super well together. <laughs> um, and we haven't seen it. Like Cade just hasn't been healthy, but like, I envision like a fully unlocked version of Asar and Jaden Ivy is like this super up tempo, fast break, flying around team. That's not Cade Cunningham. Like Cade wants to slow down and dominate in a very meticulous half court setting. Uh, I, I, I push back on that. I think he can do both. I don't think he's got the speed of Jaden Ivy, but I are think we sure Cade can do anything. Can he stay on the floor for 20 games? Yeah, like, well, if, if, if he's healthy, yeah. Okay, like I just, I it, like we keep coming back. Oh, Cade can do everything. Can, he, 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 oh, can okay. I see him do anything? Cade like, could have played last. Cade could have played last year. We know why he didn't play. Okay, that's fair. Is he going to play this year, or are we still? Yes. I mean, the, the guys around him are getting ran off the floor by Tar Eason right now. So, <laughs> are we sure we want to win? Like Cade better actually be special to add to this group and suddenly turn them into a competitive team. Like, you know how I feel about this. I like, even when Cade's been healthy and played quote unquote well, he's missing a bunch of shots. Like he's not making threes. Um, he's like a 41% from the floor, 30% from three guy. Like we were, we were sold that he's one of the most elite shooters there is. We're not seeing that in the NBA level thus far. So I just, where we like, sold, where we sold that? That was definitely part of this scout on Cade was he's this elite shooter. He was at Oklahoma State. It was like a volume shooter that makes 40% like off the dribble. Making 30% from three. Well, that, <laughs> like, well, that was that rat John Beeline's fault. Okay. It is. I mean, I'm willing to give him credit. He's out, by the way. Um, but I just, I, I'm, I'm scared on the puzzle pieces connecting. We're already seeing like, conspiracy mode. Jay Ivey doesn't like to pass the ball to a SAR. <laughs> like just call it what it is. So I, like, does he view him as a threat? Like positionally, they took a guy who could take Jay Ivey's job and he wants him to look bad. Maybe I would genuinely buy that. If the ball's in Cade Cunningham's hands at all times, what does a SAR do stand in the corner? Cause he, he doesn't look good standing in the corner in summer league. Like he looks great as a player, but he needs the ball in his hands to be good. He's a dynamic passer. So that's where, like, who are you moving the ball to? Is the ball in Cade's hands every time? If it is, I don't like Asar and Jaden Ivey next to him. I'd rather get good shooters around Cade. And if yeah, it's in Ivey but, okay, and Asar's hands, but, then I don't know what you do with Cade. Okay, well, well, for Ivey, I don't think he's that bad of a three-point shooter. Like, Ivey had pretty solid three-point shooting numbers. Yeah. And honestly, I think he's a better catch and catch and shoot three point guy than people get credit for. I don't think he wants to be that guy because he wants the ball in his hand. He wants but the ball. Pretty... That's the thing is he's going to pout. <laughs> he, he is. We got to get his. We got to get his Twitter deleted. Yeah, all part of the process. Emoji. Okay, but okay, but okay. Hear me out on this one. Out of those three guys, only one guy I think is a powder. If we had more than one powder, I think it'd be an issue. I don't know which one it won't work out for in a Detroit uniform, but I'm very confident one of the three will not be long-term part of this core. That's how I feel after watching two games of Asar and Jade Ivy and watching Cade sit courtside and let Jabari Smith totally emasculate our entire franchise. Like, 
dope. I love that Cade's sitting there in a sauna shirt and high-fiving people while Jabari Smith tells him, y'all can't fucking guard me. And Cade's like, yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, good job. Yeah, good. Yeah, we we love we love a we we love a heady, realistic point guard. Good game, James Wiseman. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, anything else with summer league? <laughs> Jalen Duran is bam. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Jalen no Max, no, no Max Christie thoughts from you. A lot of a lot of your fan base is trying to climb back in and claim him again after you were very mm-hmm. excited that. Uh, he was struggling last year. Nah, they Cormac is a Rolling Meadows, Illinois product. That's brutal, man. Like, he looks great. Give him credit. Kobe Bufkin struggling. He was one for nine from the floor last night to start the game. Then he hit like three threes after that. But it was ugly. The Jet, announcers were Jet, killing him. Jets stinking it up. Jet's jetting. I wouldn't call that stinky. Jet, 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 is, Jet is jetting. Like the very first clip I saw of Marcus Sasser, who, by the way, looks horrible uh, in every other clip he's played other than the one clip he, against Jet. Uh, he, I thought he was pretty good in the first game. He just All he is is a volume shooting six-foot guy. Those don't work in the NBA unless you make shots. And he, he doesn't look like a guy who's going to make shots at the rate he needs to as a six-foot volume shooter. Anyways, he had Jet on an island like... Shouldn't have even been an island. It was like a pick and roll. And Jet just like totally went under and turned his entire body again. And Sasser pulls up and they clipped it. I'm like, yeah, that's Jet Howard. That's that's the guy that I know and love. Uh, okay, let's move to Peach Jam. Hey, it's Greg here interrupting whatever nonsense Cart and I are talking about to ask you if you knew that we do this five days a week now, Monday through Friday, you can find the full video episodes of every episode of the Sleepers podcast on our YouTube channel. You can also listen to them wherever podcasts can be listened to. Please like and subscribe, though, because we're kind of trying to make this a more real thing. And we don't really make any money off of this right now, which uh, is not ideal. So, yeah, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoy this. And let's get you back to the show. First of all, why aren't we at Peach Jam? I just want to I want to put a stake in the ground cart. Peach Jam seems like the number one us event of all time. Like it's laid back a bunch of just like famous coaches and people are walking in and out. Like everybody's probably walking around in like backwards hats. Like we would thrive. Thong yeah, yeah. flip-flops. I don't understand why we haven't gone to Peach Jam. And I get like some people get sent to Peach Jam. Some people get opportunities at Peach Jam. We need to make our own luck the same way we did with College Hoops to Go. The same way we do with everything is a blue collar podcast. Do you like peaches? I like all fruit. Okay. Okay. Peaches are pretty good. Uh, I had Brussels I, sprouts last night. Okay. Not, you, not fruit, but I just wanted to throw who, that out there. Uh, who are you? I mean, I love Brussels sprouts, but that that's that's neither here or there. We do need to be at the Peach Jam. That is our vibe. I got a little bit of you know uh, sadness because I was I wasn't a part of an AAU team that was on a circuit and got to do things like the Peach Jam. So I didn't get gear, get to do any of the, the cool things, take a bite out of the peach, see Hunter Dickinson. See, I, I blame Ray, takeover. I blame Ray McCallum for that. Ray McCallum was an Adidas circuit guy. Well, if Ray McCallum was truly special, he brings his boys with him and says, I got to be on this circuit and I'm going to Peach Jam and I'm bringing Carter Elliott with me. That's not your fault. Said, That's his fault. He, he said, I got to go to the league. I can't worry about a six, seven b- bad attitude guy. <laughs> That's fair. 
Okay, so Cooper Flag, that's uh, that's where this starts and ends, right? The Boozer Brothers yes. were there. The Boozer Brothers won. Knight Riders won. They beat Maine Elite or whatever it's called in the final. Maine United, uh, please respect them. Maine United, sorry. I, I always forget the Elite versus the United when it comes to big groups of white men. Um, Cooper, Cooper Flag uh, is really, really good. I Look, I've been a skeptic of Cooper Flag, just to call it what it is. I haven't watched this game much before this week at all. I've just seen highlights. I've never watched like full game footage. I did not realize how many different ways he impacts the game. And quite frankly, Cart, again, just being honest, I was skeptical how good a white kid would be. I, I, I'm skeptical a number one kid in the class that's a white kid is actually going to be that good. He's insane. That's my take insane. on this week. Insane. insane. The, the, mo- the most insane prospect in high, in high school basketball is a kid named Cooper Flag from Maine. What what world do we live in? Like the dude, dude is special though. It's crazy. I I don't know if he'll be this elite of a rim protector at the next level just because he's six eight. But like, it's crazy the stat lines he's putting up. I said the other day, uh, I'm a Michigan guy, so I see like all these kids that play in like these UP schools that have a school of, like 17 kids in their senior class put up like 30, 30 and ten games. The fact that he's at the biggest stage for circuit basketball in my eyes for AU basketball putting up these stats on a game to game basis and let it be known like these other EYBL teams have a plethora of high major division one prospects this team that he's on maybe has one or two yeah and one of them and one of them being his brother which I didn't even know he had a brother that just boosts his stock even higher the fact that he saw the boozers have twins he says no I got a younger brother too whose name is ace and he's nice too like that's ace isn't that nice though he's a division one prospect ah is he yeah he's got off he's got division one offers from where george washington i just saw he got one okay maine probably (laughs) yeah like is anybody offering ace if they're not hoping coop comes as a package deal maybe So, so now we're putting down nepotism I don't think Ace is a guy. I'll just say that. Like, which makes Cooper okay. that special. It makes Cooper that special. Like, the I love the the picks of the two of them as kids. I love the fact that Coop is dominating with his brother. That's cool. Coop would dominate with you and me next to him. Coop would dominate with anybody on earth next to him. Like Ace Ace Flag is Cooper's brother. That is it. He doesn't have anything else to him. <laughs> and, and and for the for the sake of imaginary situations, ten years from now. Who's a better NBA player, Cooper Flag or Chet Holmgren? Ooh, you, you like that, don't you? I do like that. I wasn't ready for that. I'm kind of scared and by it. Um, top of the top of the Domsky. I think I'm going to take Chet. I think um, I'm taking Chet. I'm taking Chet. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Chet just because, like, I know Chet better, and I'm still really confident he ends up incredible. I like. On paper, I think Cooper Flag's ceiling might be higher if he continues on the path that, I mean, at, at his age, as good as he, like, is it crazy to say he's one of the top five prospects in, like, 10 years? I don't ever remember hearing, uh, like, Peach Jam numbers like Cooper Flag did this week. Oh, no, the numbers he's putting up at Peach Jam are special, but I think there's been, like, prospects on this level you know, the next LeBron or something like that. Do you think like Zion, like Zion, like Zion was more hyped than Cooper. Do you think part of it is that 
he is on a team without many other Division One guys? No, because he's special even on like the high school. Like he's been doing this, putting up like these type of numbers and stats. Not like not these type of numbers. Though. Okay, not these, not these, not these. But I'm saying he's going to other places and he's putting like this production, like camps he's going to, high school okay. at Mount Verde. Like, yeah, I guess I'm just I'm trying to square like he's the number two prospect in his class on paper. He's been behind Boozer, and now I mean this week he was he was way better than Boozer, but that yeah. might just be because he's on a team where he has to do everything. He has to put up 40, 15, 10, and four, like. And he, I don't and know. He does. I don't know. They're, the thing is, they all might end up at Duke. And if they end up at Duke together, one, that team's going to be ridiculous. Two, like, what does Cooper Flag average on a Duke team that has like seven other top 10 guys on it? I don't know. There's a world where like he might look like Matt Hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, I don't know, which I guess is why I take Chet. But uh, I guess shout out to Cooper Flag, fans of your game. For sure, here at Sleepers Podcast. I also am working on a theory that uh, we can convince the world that TJ Power, who we interviewed last summer, who's going to Duke, was actually Cooper Flag. So I'm just going to rock with that. Like, if anybody asks, we interviewed Cooper Flag last summer, not TJ Power. That's a crazy theory that only you would come up with. Is it that crazy? <laughs> yes. I don't think it's that crazy. They both got like video game names and. Uh, they, well, I don't also, can we talk about the flag brothers haircuts? Yeah, it's, 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 it's giving, it's, it's giving not it's giving super cuts. It's a little concerning. And I say no that shots, as no, no, no shots at you on the super cuts call out to No, I was going to say, I, I say that as a sports clips guy and I'm concerned we, about the flag. Brothers we really, we, we really got to change. That's, that's not okay. By the way, it's definitely my biggest weakness right now. Is 100% is, and you're a father now, too. You're going to send MJ to school, and she's going to be like, hey, my, my daddy dropped me off at school today, but he took me to sports clip first. And be like, oh, shit, your dad goes to sports clips? No, she's first of all, clipped. first of all, your biggest mistake is thinking I would take her to school without wearing a hat myself, too. Sports clips is convenient. When you're a dad, everything's about convenience. That's that's walking distance from my house. That's the only place I can get a haircut walking distance from my house. But isn't but isn't there some things that shouldn't be about convenience? <laughs> okay, I like that flip. I mean, I'm not I mean, a I'm not a I'm not a father, but the love and connection I have to my barber, I'm gonna my kid's gonna have to show me that. I'm gonna have to feel that once I meet them. Right is, now, my barber is there a middle ground here? Is there a middle ground here? Because like when you tell me you're getting a haircut, like I've tried to record with you on days you're getting a haircut. It's like a six hour ordeal. It's like I'm getting a haircut at this time. I need two hours of mental prep before that. I need four hours with him. And then I need 30 minutes of like reflection after, which is obnoxious, by the way. Is there a middle ground between where I'm at and where you're at when it comes to haircuts? Yes. Is that the healthy middle ground? Like we should both compromise and find the healthy middle. Uh, I can't personally know. You can find the middle, though. So are we saying, like, <laughs> the results of your six-and-a-half-hour haircuts? It's not It's not always six-and-a-half. It's just very, it's very, uh, what's the word, fluid. Are your results, do you get six times better results than I do in 20 minutes at Sports Clips? Yes. Six times? Not six times, but I it's it's astronomically better. 
Just visually? <laughs> Mentally. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. Uh does the fact that I don't get the like the the warm towel neck massage change anything for no, you? No, that that has nothing to do. Uh does is it the same person that cuts your hair every time? No. Oh golly. <laughs> no, That's why? Not- why would I do that? Why would you not want the same person cutting your hair? Because that's so unnecessary. What's your favorite okay. restaurant? You got mm-hmm. a favorite? Do you have a favorite restaurant? Favorite fast food place? Anything like that? No, not really. You don't have anywhere that you would get food from that is your favorite place to get food from. No, I like all food. Do you go to the grocery store? Do you have a coffee yeah. shop? Do you have anywhere you go in public that requires people to work at? Uh, Chipotle, I guess. Chipotle. Does the yeah. same person take your Chipotle order every time? No, but I go to a certain Chipotle. And I go to a certain sports clips. It's the same thing. There's a way. Uh, so we're comparing Chipotle bowls to haircuts. Okay. You need the same person to make you the same bowl every time? Or you just trust if you're going to keep the same good I, haircut? If, if I could do that. Yes. If there was an option, if there was an upcharge to get the same person and I figure out that they're the Cooper flag of making Chipotle bowls, I would pay every single time to have that person make my bowl. I think you're giving your barber too much credit. That's what I think is happy here. Your bar your barber's Cooper flag now. No, my that's what you're no. telling me. <laughs> no, he's special though. He's special to me. Okay. I listen, you're loyal. I love that. That's good for me that Carter Elliott is loyal. That's very good. Otherwise, you would run to a guy who has is, 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 is Sports Clip getting the Waddell family Christmas card this year? No. God, no. Because I, I, I get my barber a Christmas gift. Does he give you anything? Of course not. No, he cuts my hair. <laughs> so obnoxious. All right. Um, I'm glad you're loyal because if you weren't loyal, you would – run to a different white podcaster with a non-sports clips haircut. So shout out to you. Appreciate it. Canva, Let's move on. Canva, Canva clip. Is Greg the Cooper flag of podcasting? Let's move on. Jose Perez is rumored to potentially Michigan. Uh, I'm trying to be careful with how I even say that because like two days ago, everybody said it was a done deal. And now Trilly's tweeting other schools. Uh, I think Davis Mosley has called it a done deal and then called it like 99%. And then I don't know if that percent has gone down in his multiple Twitter spaces since. I don't know what to make of any of this. Uh, I do know that I'm not a huge fan of Jose Perez. I think he has really struggled at many different places in his college career. He's also had gaudy numbers at a couple of those stops. But uh, I'm pretty nervous if Michigan's offense is planning on Jose Perez being a big part of it. What do you think of the potential Jose Perez to Michigan fit? Uh, I I really don't like the fit only because at least in the small amount of like Jose Perez film I watch. Now, granted, these are highlights. I've never tapped into Manhattan games, even in my betting days to see like what he was doing. Uh, But like to me, for every everything I've seen strikes me as he would be good as like the ninth guy, <laughs> like the ninth. He could, if he's a productive ninth guy, then your team's probably really good. Uh, Jose Perez is probably a starter for Michigan and a top five player, correct? Depending on who you ask, yes. Okay, all right. So I, I, I don't know. I, it just doesn't do 
much for me. And I'm on the same boat as you. I feel like if this was such a done deal, the fact that it's going on this long and the fact that other schools are getting involved and you know how fluid and how things can change in NIL and recruiting, especially with Michigan. So the longer this goes on, the the worse chances get. Yeah, especially with Bob Huggins' reinstatement pending. But also, yeah. also, don't, also don't hold. Also, it's Jose Perez. Like, what? what, what, what I mean, uh. that's a little disrespectful. I think I, I'm oh. I'm not a Jose Perez guy by any means, but like eighteen five and three is eighteen five and three. That's something. Like he's not a total nobody. I just think he. I I feel like he's a Caleb Love stunt double almost, and they are different frames. I think I, I, think, I think he's I think he's Paella Pierre Brooks. Yeah, I I I don't think Pierre Brooks could go anywhere and. Put up nineteen four and three, I really don't. Um, and we'll see. Like, watch, watch out for Butler this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, look, he is definitely like a a loud stats bad team guy. No, I didn't say good stats bad team because he's just super inefficient. Like he he now has three consecutive years of shooting less than thirty percent from three. He did shoot really well at the free throw line last year. Take that for what it's worth. He got a ton of free throw attempts up as well. Um, the, the only thing that makes me not completely write this off and say like, no way with Jose Perez is he is legitimately a really good passer. Like that is true. And I think at every stop he's had any success at all at in college, he has been pretty much the only guy like the offense has been like, Hey, Jose, just do everything, figure it out, score and pass and everything. And it's led to like, ah, oh, he stinks. I think if Jose Perez was somewhere, whether at Michigan or somewhere else, where he is like the fourth or fifth best guy on the floor, I think his game could look a lot different because he does see the floor really well. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought your uh, Timmy Allen like squint and see that comp was pretty solid. Timmy was it, Allen, t- but with, w- with passing, maybe like I, I, think- I thought that Timmy was. I thought Timmy was actually a pretty underrated passer as a blue okay. Guy. Yeah, because Timmy, like, so much of Timmy's stuff was, like, middies, too. And that's Jose uh-huh. Perez. Like, he he is a tough shot taker, sometimes tough shot maker. Um, I do think, like, like, if you're Michigan, I guess the interest makes sense here because if you don't add Jose Perez and you don't add anybody, you're looking at either Jalen Llewellyn or Yusuf Kayat starting. That's got to be scary, right? Like, I think... You would like Perez in a role where you can start Doug and Namari and Perez and Kamwa and Reed and feel good about that five. And there's less pressure on, like you only need one of Llewellyn or Kyatt or Jackson to end up being a guy. Um, I, I don't think Perez will be great at Michigan. Like I think I'd set the over under at like eight, nine points a game. If he's a starter at Michigan, Um, probably inefficient, probably not making threes, but maybe he's a really good secondary playmaker. Like Doug's not a great facilitator. Namari Burnett's not going to be running pick and roll. He's, he's, he's probably, he's probably better than T will. He is definitely better than T will. We, we for sure know that this would be now the third guy in one off season that Michigan has recruited to come take minutes from Terrence Williams. So that's exciting for me. Um, I guess final comp here. I see a little bit of like diet Mulcahy. Is that crazy? Like Mulcahy's the other big name in the portal. He just committed to Washington. Michigan wanted him. A lot of people wanted him. But like, here's here's my bullet points on why he's Dia Mulcahy. Good passer. 
quote unquote big guard, like six five guard. Some people are like he's a point guard when in reality he's a wing. Other than that, like the shot's not there, but he will shoot it. <laughs> like it's kind of Mulcahy ish. I think kind of older guy, so I guess I could kind of somewhat see that. Mulcahy's a way better defender, is the thing. Like Mulcahy with no defense might be Jose Perez. Right. Okay. It doesn't also also, also also we've seen well I if, if if it's in that situation I feel the same way about that I did about Mulcahy like I want Mulcahy to go to a, a team with a chance to win and him be like a elite glue guy so Jose Perez it, will it, be Jose Perez will be twenty five the next time he steps foot on a college basketball court why wouldn't Jose Perez go to Gonzaga. Um, I don't think Gonzaga actually wants him is my theory. I think Gonzaga is the school that is named in every transfer recruitment because like they have somebody on staff whose job it is to call any name that hits the portal. I don't think Gonzaga actually would take press. Okay. Makes sense. I will say this on the bright side. The last thing I'm going to say, adding Jose Perez, you would be in a better spot than you are now as a team for Michigan. Now, I'm not saying how much better that is, but I, it's a better team. Yeah, that's big from you from projecting Michigan to finish 13th in the Big Ten up to 12th. I appreciate that. That's I didn't do that. I did get a chuckle out of, I, you know, I love my boy Davey Scoops, but I think he put out a projected lineup that had Trey Jackson at the three. So Trey, Olivier, and Terrace on the floor at the same time. Well, tr- you realize Davis and Ant are currently trying to push that Trey Jackson is an NBA player. 24-year-old Trey Jackson, who has never played more than 17 minutes for a college team. Those two are pushing him as an NBA player. I miss I miss that narrative. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's ugly. That's ugly. That's, that's, yeah. that's not not okay. And listen, we've had both those guys on the show. Um respect both of them, but come on, fellas. Like draw a line. Draw a line somewhere. Have some respect for your listeners at some point. Um yeah, I, I'm with you. doesn't dramatically move the needle, but it would make them a better team at this point. You take that and run with it if you're Michigan. So Yeah, beggars can't be choosers. See what happens. All right, Cart, let's end the Sleepers podcast with one big thing. What's your one big thing today? Uh, thank you, Chef. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be one big thing for everybody else, but the Bear is elite television. I just want to let that be known. And I also want to let it be known that there is a character in the bear that I really like their name and it might be in contention when I do make that jump to being a father might be the future name of my child. Are you naming your kid Carmi Elliot? Uh, no. Okay. All right. You might make me watch the bear trying to solve whose name it is that you like. I, the, the, the bears elite television yeah. and I want to be a chef. Is the Bear Elite Television, or is it just yes. Jeremy Allen White like giving the ball get out of the way? No, the the Bears Elite Television, and I think you would be great in a kitchen setting. By the way, <laughs> do you care at all that Jeremy Allen White supposedly left his wife, at, who he has two kids with, for Selena Gomez? He went Hollywood. I, I did not know about that. Yeah, that that happened like in the last month. Do we care? Is that does that make it good or bad? I I wouldn't be surprised with either answer from you. Uh, yeah, I got to circle back on that. Actually, no, that's bad. We don't we don't support that. This is a family podcast. Yeah, we don't, don't like that. that. 
we don't like that. He went Hollywood. Go, go Hollywood, but you can't leave the family. Yeah, we don't like that. Um, okay. All right. I might have to give the bear another chance. Not a huge fan of it the first time I tried, but we'll see. Uh, two. Well, I guess my one big thing. Sorry, not two. Uh, Card, I'm mad at people who get mad at overreactions in summer league. I think that if you're watching basketball, you should want to talk about it. And I don't understand. Like, I feel like people just want to completely not watch summer league. Or if you're watching summer league, just be silent about it. That's pointless. Like, <laughs> the no, whole- Greg, let, let me cut you off. I know you're going to go crazy, but this is what it is. It's called reacting. It's not overreacting. It's reacting to what, what you see. It's it is it is not fun to not watch basketball. It is not fun to watch basketball and not talk about basketball. Like that this is the very bane of my exist, existence card. Like I love watching and talking about basketball. Summer league is basketball. Like so when Wemby's horrible in game 1, we're going to talk about how he's horrible in game 1. When he's great in game 2, we're going to talk about how he's great in game 2. When Kobe Buffkins one for 9 from the floor in the first half and they're making him play point guard against a press and he's struggling, we're going to talk about that. Like it's not an overreaction. I do not understand basketball people, quote unquote people who work in basketball that are just like I don't understand how people have the time to to react to summer league. Like it's basketball. Like I love it yeah. and I'm going to talk about it. I don't get it. Right. And there's betting lines. And I made some decent money on Summer League as well, by the way. There's prop value. Speaking of that, oh, what's, our, de- definitely. what's our parlay today? We got to get on one. Yeah, I think I'm going to cook up. My favorite one, at least to cook up right now, is second-year players or third-year players getting 20. Ben Matherin play today? If he does get – I'm going 25. And yeah, like, I think, it's I think- probably plus 200 value, too. I'm with you there. Well, let's look that up. I'll text you about it. All right. This was the Sleepers podcast. Monday through Friday is the plan for this. Uh, You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple. Also, please give our YouTube some love, though, because that's the only thing we make any money whatsoever for. So, And, And because Dyson Daniels can't hit 20 points.